Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Tread On Me. And in case you missed our recent Facebook posts, we'll be changed up the show a little bit. So me and Jake will still be doing a weekly episode together, kind of covering news and other topics, but to make the show more digestible, shorter segments and uh, not uh, like an hour long, so you kind of pick what you want to listen to instead of a, um, having to list all the segments, we'll be breaking some of those uh, past segments we've done and some future segments we have planned into little short segments. So um, hopefully you guys enjoy the new format and hopefully it works out well. Um, the first uh, segment I want to talk about today is branching out. I've done this in the past and for people unfamiliar, it's basically a segment designed to look at the branches of the government and see, hey, catch the listeners up. What is the government do up to? What have they done? And uh, just a quick a recap on it to see it. Know, just to kind of talk about its relevance and how I think it might affect uh, our lives going forward as citizens and you know, just in general, see if anything important is going on. So first up, uh, the Supreme Court had a session end recently. Uh, there were three decisions made from the session. So the first is uh, the Supreme Court made a great decision. They supported a Business Free Speech Act. There was a business with the name Fucked, uh, F-U-C-T. And basically, the Supreme Court said, hey, you can keep your name. So great for them defending free speech. It's pretty sad, though, that an issue like this has to go to the Supreme Court. I mean, we're literally taking potentially offensive business names all the way to Supreme Court for them to decide if it's appropriate for the masses. You would think this would be something the the consumers themselves could figure out. Like if this was truly such an offensive business name that needs to be regulated, no one would buy from this business. But the fact that this business is around, uh, making some money, selling its name and stuff, and people are, are letting it happen, this kind of shows to me that it's not really that offensive and it's sad that we had a Supreme Court step in to uh, say, hey, you can keep your name. Um, the next up, the Supreme Court also allowed gerrymandering to continue. So they ruled that federal courts are powerless to hear challenges to partisan gerrymandering. The pra this is a practice in which the party that controls the state legislature uh, draws voting maps to help elect its candidates. So they ruled it in a 5-4 decision and allows politicians to keep drawing electoral districts that entrench their power unless state or Congress, uh, state law or Congress prevents them from doing so. Uh, this rejected two constitutional challenges to partisan district map making. One was brought by the Democrats in North Carolina and another by the Republicans in Maryland. So this is a, you know, both parties use this. Both parties complain about it when the other party uses it against him. So I'm still a little, I'm a little uneducated in gerrymandering to know where, you know, where to fall on this. But uh, it's just interesting for those who follow it and have a lot of passions about it. It will still be allowed for the foreseeable future. Uh, the last Supreme Court decision before the session ended was that they temporarily blocked uh, the Trump administration from adding a citizenship question on the 2020 census. So this question was just asked, is this person a citizen of the United States? Currently, Trump has backed off from pursuing this. Um, so this is kind of my, my quick take on it after I read the census. Uh, after I read about the census a little bit more to refresh myself. So... The census is, is mailed all households. It um, counts every person in the U.S. and it's seen as important because it helps determine political power and how tax dollars are shared for the upcoming decade. Now, when I think about this question on the census, I was like, well, we live in a world where there's nationalities, you know, there's, there's state lines, countries have their own borders, and it's a, it's a big deal. So to me, a question like this seems, seems pretty fair for a for a state to ask in a, in a census. Um, what I find not so fair about it is that if you don't answer certain parts of the census, you can be fined and punished for it. So 
I don't, I think that goes a bit too far, but um, let's continue my thoughts on this. So let's say the census is sent out to a household. What's to keep someone from just not answering this question? I mean, obviously there's the, the threat of a fine, but if one is really an illegal alien or an undocumented citizen, whatever, how you want to refer to it, then the government either A, already knows about you because they sent the census to your household, so the question seems self-defeating in my mind, or it B, they don't know about you, so why would you report yourself and risk getting in trouble? It seems very little incentive to answer the question. But if um, my, from doing surveys and stuff in my career and things before, I have a, a kind of, I don't know, a best of both worlds solution. If, if this question, and this is on the scenario this question uh, is actually important, it would help. So if this question is really that important and, that, and people would actually answer it if they got it, if they're not a citizen of the United States, if they'd actually answer no, then why not just make this question optional? So, hey, it's the one question where if you don't fill out in the census, you're not fined or punished for it. That way, if people would really do it and it's really good, you get the results. If people wouldn't touch it, then, hey, it's just empty and uh, we'll, we'll have our answer there if, <laughs> if this question would be used. Um, and then another thing I learned about the census, too, is like even if you answer it, like, hey, I'm an illegal, if, the, if this question was on it, like, hey, I'm, I'm an illegal, I'm here. Um, the census, the agency isn't allowed to share that with any other federal agency and stuff. So theoretically, if the government obeyed all its own rules, this question wouldn't matter anyway because they couldn't share the information and then, you know, with another agency who could then potentially punish you, you know, a scenario I'm thinking is an illegal alien marks I'm not a citizen, you know, Trump goes crazy, sends ICE after him all, rounds him up and sends him home. Theoretically, that should never happen. But hey, how often do we trust our government to keep information private in one agency so I can't blame people for just looking at this and laughing and saying hey it's it's a non-issue for me so uh, that is what the Supreme Court has been up to recently uh, next up we're gonna catch up with Congress so we'll talk about seven different bills going on and these are all new or active bills so um, none of them are actually law yet but just want to talk about them anyway to make you aware that these could be passed one day so the first one is HR 3449 and this is to require that in a notice of proposed rulemaking for a new rule, the notice shall identify two rules which the agency intends to repeal. What I take away from this is like, if this is even a possibility, it just seems like there's too many rules in the book. Like, if, you're, if your agency comes with a new rule and say, hey, well, in order to make this new rule, we have to get rid of two, and this is actually doable, you got too many rules. That's just my quick take on that one. But overall, I think it's great because it'll knock some of the regulatory state down and make things a little bit more simpler. Um, you know, for whatever agency is at passing these rules. I think it makes both sides simpler, the administrative side and for the uh, uh, market side, whoever's being affected by these rules. Uh, next up is the Senate resolution. Um, this is a resolution expressing the sense of the Senate that the United States leadership um, should make 5G wireless technology a national priority. I'm always a bit hesitant when the government says, hey, we should make something a national priority because we'd really break it down. All the government has the power to do is tax stuff, ban stuff, and transfer wealth. So if the government wants to make a technology or a product a national priority, how they do that? They have to support a company um, specializing in that product or service. So the way I see this happening is the government's going to pick winners or losers in this market, distort the free market, supply and demand on it, and basically, this isn't going to be a very free market option at all. It's just going to lead to crony capitalism as the government subsidizes certain things that they feel like will most 
present 5G as a national priority. I could be way off with this, but whenever I hear those words, it's kind of where my mind goes. Like, how's the government going to use its very few actual powers it has to make something happen? Well, you know, this, I think crony capitalism is typically how this is going to end, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, next up, uh, there's a Senate bill. This is a bill to regulate firearm silencers and firearm mufflers. So good news if you're against guns, uh, bad news if you're for guns, as this is another bill that's chipping away Second Amendment rights. Um, it will be interesting to see if this passes, how Trump supporters defend this. I've always been fascinated how whenever Trump seems to do something um, anti-gun, his supporters just come out and say, well, it's not really attacking the Second Amendment. This isn't a gun. We don't need it. So <laughs> I know Trump's spoken out against silencers before. So if this does pass, he signs in the law. It'll be interesting to see what hoops his supporters go to justify that this isn't um, it isn't against the Second Amendment, and it's totally fine. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, next up, a uh, quick uh, recap of these three potential very expensive spending bills. Two are in the Senate, and one is in the House. The two in the Senate is one is a bill to amend the Higher Education Act of 1965 to ensure uh, college for all, basically free college for all, subsidizing it. And the next is another Senate bill to, aimed at lowering health care costs. And there's the House bill is ending Homelessness Act of 2019. So there's been enough economic textbooks and lectures, but I don't feel like I need to go into why this, why none of these will really work. I mean, if you look at it, generally when government inf interferes in something like this, the quality gets lower, the availability to the resource diminishes, and the price gets more expensive. We've seen this with healthcare. We've seen this with education. Um, I mean, Thomas Sowell covered it in his book, Basic Economics, and tons of other economists or did too. Basically, he looked at a scenario in New York where rent control or affordable housing led to less housing, more homelessness, and things like that. So I won't go too far into these, but these are all crazy expensive bills. Like, to make these actually even happen at a mediocre level, tons of money would have to be spent. The only way the government get this money is either to print more causing inflation inflation which is just a tax on your savings when you boil it down or it's just to do more taxes in general and there's just not enough money to go around uh, to afford these things uh, i just actually just read an article today that jake sent me about how um nancy pelosi was notified that the government will actually might actually be short on cash before the the current debt ceiling like there's an actual cash shortage problem happening in the, in the government we'll actually probably talk about that in this weekend's episode but they keep hitting this debt ceiling. Uh, and so when you look at these expensive bills, uh, I'm going to tie this together. So I look at these expensive bills like, man, how are they going to keep paying for this and justifying raising the debt ceiling and all this other stuff? And then, believe it or not, there's a bill in the House, H.R. 3635, and the title of the bill, there's not a text, a large text out or summary or the full bill written yet, but just the title of the bill is to repeal the debt ceiling. So if you ever wonder how the government's going to continue to take care of its all its great programs and free things and you know i've seen cost for elizabeth one of elizabeth warren's plans like if everything she wanted got enacted to the full scale could be upwards at the top high end like 100 trillion so you ever wonder how the government's going to do this uh and without getting bogged down like in the annual debt ceiling well have no fear they're looking to repeal the debt ceiling um i have i don't think many of these i don't think the three spending bills those three expensive bills will pass but i could see a bill repealing the debt ceiling definitely passing in our near future as uh, politicians try to avoid this, well, 
it almost seems like a fake obstacle at this point so they can get their programs through. But anyways, that's what's up with your uh, local federal government in the past two weeks. I hope everybody enjoyed this quick uh, information. And, you know, if you uh, have any questions, just email us at tridomepodcast.com or go to our Facebook page. I would love to hear from you guys. If you think, hey, you got something way off or, hey, good point or just anything, just keep the conversation going. Be sure to go on the Facebook page. And if you haven't already, uh, like us and share us because we are growing and we are having a ton of fun with it. Have a good day, everybody.